top healthcare headlines for this week. This is Industry Focus. Hi, Fools. Healthcare analyst Michael Douglas here on this lovely, hot, perhaps too hot, uh, Wednesday. Uh, This is the Wednesday healthcare edition of Industry Focus, and you're in the right place. So let's hop right down to it. I want to talk about some of the major um, headlines in healthcare this week. Uh, Just some really interesting stuff going on. Um, So, so Todd, let's hop right in. Let's start with Novartis and uh, their sort of surprise early drug approval for LCZ-696, also known as, I, I, I think we would call it Entresto? Yes, Entresto. Um, this, is a, this is a really, really nice surprise. It's, it's uh, Christmas in July for Novartis. <laughs> because, I mean, this is, this is like sort of the drug people have been excited about for Novartis. Big time. You know, Novartis um, previously had a drug um, that was widely used called Diavan. Mm-hmm. And Diavan has lost patent protection uh, for use in patients who, you know, are at risk of heart failure. Right. So, you know, the ability to replace Diavan with this new drug um, is big. Um, you know, last year, new generic versions of Diavan hit the market. Yeah. And of course, you know, they lopped 76% roughly off of uh, Diavan sales. Um, so now with the opportunity to roll out uh, Entresto, we've got a drug that Novartis thinks could not only make up for sales lost to uh, f- uh, from this generic um, alternative to Diavan, but could actually exceed uh, exceed w- what Diavan was once raking in. I, you know, in the in the press release that Novartis issued um, touting the early approval, it actually indicated that you know it thinks that this could have peak sales of five billion dollars. Yeah, and of course, when a, when a company's management says, "Oh, you know, we think this could be an X billion dollar a year drug," I I always sort of take that with a, a grain or maybe a small pillar of salt because, well. Of course, to some extent, a, a company's excited about something, they're going to crow about it. Um, but when you look at analysts, right, I mean, Thomson Reuters um, pulled analysts and they were estimating, I think, an average of what, maybe $3.7 billion by 2017, which really isn't that far off. It's not. You know, and if you look at the size of the market that this drug could um, address, you've got about 5 million patients here in the U.S. Uh, who are at risk for heart failure and really should be on some form of treatment. Um, and you know, the drug has been priced, according to the New York Times report, at $4,500 per year. Right. So, you know, if you assume that you've got a million of the five million will eventually be taking this drug, um, that would get you to a $4.5 billion uh, run rate. Right. Now, obviously, we've got to consider the fact that there's going to be discounting and special deals cut with different uh, pharmacy companies and et cetera. Right, and but hard I mean, and hard to know whether you're going to get that kind of market penetration. But yeah, I mean, it could be one million, could be two million, could be five hundred thousand. No one will know for a while yet just how successful or not this drug is. Yeah, but definitely, I mean, this has been kind of a a key part of the Novartis investing thesis um, for for a little while now. And so I think this is this is obviously, you know, excellent news for Novartis. It would have been very very bad news if this had gotten uh, had not been approved. <clears throat> and now the question is going to be what does the commercialization ramp up look like? And that'll be something we'll definitely want to watch pretty closely moving forward. Yeah, I would imagine they're going to they're going to hit the ground running as, as 
as fast as they can. You know, they want to get this out out there quickly. So we should have some indication. Um, I would imagine um, when the the, the third, third quarter um, earnings results are released. So again, we're talking now the fall before we really know whether or not you know any doctors are stepping up uh, and starting to prescribe the drug. So investors are going to have to you know again take take, um, take this with a grain of salt. We don't know how big or not this drug is going to be, mm-hmm. uh, but it's an important win. It's potentially a very important drug in, in trials. Uh, it cut the risk of um, cardiovascular death by 20%. Yeah, versus, I mean, that's, that's not playing uh, around. No, it's not. I mean, that's, that's really a significant benefit. I mean, the results actually led to the phase three trial being halted early. Um, so this is, this, is, this is a drug that, that could definitely be a needle mover. Yeah. And, and, and it's, <clears throat> it's often kind of hard to find that with, with a big pharma, you know, because when you look at these massive market caps, it's like, well, yeah, a drug doing 500 million or a billion a year, which might matter a lot if you're a smaller biotech, it's hard to find sort of one drug that is a really key part of the investing thesis for a big pharma because, you know, so often they're just so uh, diversified. Um, but this could be uh, a really big story for Novartis. So, so definitely something we'll be monitoring um, over the coming months, uh, and particularly the next few quarters as they begin their sales ramp up. Um, turning now to, uh, I thought, another just very interesting healthcare headline, um, CVS Health, which you know used to be CVS Caremark. They rebranded themselves as CVS Health. They um, <clears throat> Had the whole issue with, uh, with you know, banning uh, tobacco products from their stores. Now they've gone ahead and taken a step further, and they've they've left the U.S. Chamber of Commerce uh, over the fact that the chamber is fighting anti-tobacco laws. Um, so CVS is basically saying, well, you know, when we when we said we were anti-tobacco. We meant it, <laughs> and and that's going to apply not just within our stores, but also with uh, our membership and groups. The tobacco industry will not be sending any holiday gifts uh, to CVS's management. They, they will not be buying their Christmas cards at CVS. Yeah, <laughs> that is definitely the case. You know, this continues a uh, shift in CVS's business model away from, I guess you'd say, using the front end of its store as a neighborhood um, uh, store where you could go in and just get anything: your pack of cigarettes, your pack of gum, or whatever. Um, to truly CVS becoming a integrated healthcare company. Yeah. Um, you know, CVS made this bet last year that if it said we're not going to sell uh, tobacco products anymore, because the reality is that you know the link between tobacco and tobacco-related illnesses it, is there. It's real. And how can we go out and you know have all of these different pieces of our healthcare puzzle? in our business model, mm-hmm. um, uh, saying one thing. And this other part, the fact that we sell cigarettes at the front end, um, uh, you know, how can, how can we rationalize that? So you know, they, they made the decision last year. It impacts $2 billion a year in sales, um, their decision not to sell tobacco products. So this was not something that they entered into lightly. Uh, and the jury is still out you know, from an economic standpoint, whether or not – you know, the press that they received and and discontinuing the sale of tobacco products or even from leaving the chamber in this instance, uh, 
will result in great growing sales or greater sales in these other businesses that it operates. You know, the jury's still out on that, but yeah. it's definitely um, in keeping, like you said, uh, we really do mean it. We do not <laughs> like tobacco. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because of course they have a duty to shareholders to maximize shareholder value. But, but the, the argument here seems to be that by branding themselves in this way, um, by, by, Leveraging this anti-smoking stance to help them in formulary discussions uh, on the PBM side, which which they've never, they haven't pointed really to individual like this happened because of that. What they said is that it's made the conversations easier, that it's been a plus. And in my head, you know, when you look at the size of some of those PBM contracts that they're fighting for, um, you know, something that 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 has some benefit in a lot of a lot on a lot of these contracts could well end up valuing out very nicely for them and when you think about what they're doing um in specialty um and in terms of as you sort of discussed sort of growing that healthcare footprint and really sort of tightening that model so that they're a good feeder into hospitals um where people of course need that kind of care um and into the minute clinics when not um then it's it has made sense, and and, the, and and given that they've already sort of crossed the Rubicon here and um, and come out uh, against it in their stores, it makes sense for them to go ahead and and take the little sort of additional headline step that doesn't actually impact the bottom line. Yeah, I think that you know one of the things that investors have to recognize too, and you alluded to this, is that the pharmacy benefit management business it's bigger than the retail store operations business. Yeah, not not a, not on the profitability side, but on a revenue side. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You know, they did over twenty billion dollars in revenue on the PBM business in the first quarter alone. I mean, that's an eighty billion dollar business for them. So, you know, there's a lot of, um, I guess you'd say, uh, reasons that that you would want to, uh, you know, become friendly. I guess, with you, if you will, with healthcare payers who are. Uh, teaming up or, or hiring CVS to do their PBM or you know administer their their drug management uh, for their for their for their customers. So I think that you're right that there are you know reasons that you know as, to begin with are qualitative, but later on might be quantitative that would benefit investors. And then the other part of that is I mean they continue to invest in minute clinics. They continue to roll out um, various chronic care programs. They are transitioning themselves into being, I guess, a one-stop shop for you if you are not feeling well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, and 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 clearly a clearly an exciting an exciting story going on at CVS, and and just this sort of multi-year transformation that we're going to want to keep keep watching. Uh, like I said, big big news uh, this week in healthcare. We just thought we'd cover things that were maybe a little bit more broad interest, but um, want to let y'all. Let our listeners know um, we got a number of good questions. We'll be addressing a few of them next week um, with a with a, a double header episode that we're pretty excited about. Of course, assuming that nothing uh, you know really timely happens in the news that we we just have an itch to discuss. So keep those questions coming in. Tell us what you think about CVS um, and what your experience has been, or ask us a question about a biotech that's on your mind, or a big pharma that's on your mind, and ensure that's all in your mind. That's what we're here for. We love getting uh, reader. Uh, well, listener questions, and uh, we read every one of them uh, as we're deciding what we're going to do for each week's episode. Uh, Todd, thanks as always for your contributions. Uh, Folks, as always, please, please, please never 
buy or sell or short or do anything like that with a stock uh, just based on what you hear. Always do your own due diligence. And please remember that Todd and I uh, the Mo- and The Motley Fool may have ownership um, ownership interest in a stock. The Motley Fool may, of course, have a, a buy or sell recommendation on a stock. So always do your own due diligence. Um, you know, we want you know, folks investing better. And that means always going to a, a number of different sources to make the best informed decision. With that said, for The Motley Fool, I'm Michael Douglas. Thanks much for listening. Check back to Fool.com for all your healthcare and other investing needs and Fool on. Fool on.